Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, we're really glad you have joined us today. A little later in the show, we're going to have a really interesting conversation, in-depth conversation with a couple of people about hip-hop, the current state of hip-hop as it relates to misogyny and homophobia, which have been dimensions of the art form for a very long time. We're starting to see some changes, though, uh, in the industry and in the art form uh, that I think are really notable. And we want to get to the question of whether Uh, Hip-hop is distancing itself from that history in a significant way now. You're going to want to stay tuned to that conversation. We've got really great folks lined up to have it, and we want you to be part of it as well. It'll get started at about half past the hour. But first, we want to go back to the fireworks in Washington this week as the president's former lawyer and fixer, Michael Cohen, was giving his testimony in front of Congress about his former boss. Uh, Late in that hearing, things got even more interesting after Republican Congressman Mark Meadows uh, invited longtime Trump friend and current Department of Housing and Urban Development official Lynn Patton to attend the hearing. He didn't ask her to speak, though. He stood her up kind of as a prop, suggesting that uh, uh, her presence there, her support for Donald Trump was an answer to the accusations that Michael Cohen made about the president being a racist. A couple of Michigan members of our congressional delegation got some uh, attention uh, after that for the things that they said. Uh, Let's take a listen to what Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence said Two Meadows after he did this. I just want to put on the record as being a black American and having endured the public comments of racism from the sitting president as being a black person, I can only imagine what's being said in private. And to prop up one member of our entire race of black people and say that that nullifies that is totally insulting and in 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 this environment of expecting a president to be inclusive and to look at his administration speaks volume okay that was congresswoman brenda lawrence addressing uh what uh, what uh, congressman meadows did uh Rashida Tlaib, who's another member of our delegation, also took issue uh, with with Meadows. Uh, joining us now to talk more about this uh, and talk more about the relationships that we saw on display there in Congress is Representative Brenda Lawrence. Uh, she's a Democrat who represents Michigan's 14th Congressional District. Congresswoman, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you so much and good morning. Yes. Uh, uh, so I, I want to start here. I was really, I was really taken aback uh, by what uh, what Congressman Meadows did, as as most people were. But but I I think there's an important context to put this in. One of the things that shocked me was that I, I feel as though that's not something I've seen anyone do, at least in public, for a really long time. I mean, it, it seemed like a complete throwback to the kinds of uh, uh, racial tropes uh, that we've seen a long time ago 
uh, in this country, decades, in fact. And and it made me wonder, I guess, whether uh, whether members of Congress who are from parts of the country where there aren't a whole lot of African Americans and don't represent a lot of African Americans, whether you see that kind of disconnect rear its head more often um, uh, in Washington than we do, say, here in southeast Michigan. I, I can't imagine, for instance, even the most uh, obnoxious racial exchange in Michigan uh, reaching that point. Um, and so I guess there was a there was a kind of disconnect, I guess, that uh, that resonated with me. I, I'm curious uh, about your reaction in, in that context. Stephen, um, when it was happening, as you know, uh, during a congressional hearing, each member in seniority order asked questions, and we conduct a hearing. And when it was happening, I literally, you know, how you you sit back and say, "Is this really happening now?" Is I wait a minute? Is he having a human being? stand up behind him as a prop for his point. She was not unemployed. She was not a sworn-in witness. And it is against House rules for you to bring someone into the witness chamber unless they're sitting in the audience as an observer. So House rules were broken. But for him to say... This is the irony of it. He introduced her saying her father was from Alabama, which in his mind made her really an authentic (laughs) African-American. So if a black woman whose father was from Alabama that would say that she believes that Donald Trump is not a racist, it just shuts the door. So drop the mic. I mean, it's done. And every, each member has their opinion. And that's part of the hearing where if someone makes a statement that I believe is not true, then I'm going to ask the question or produce evidence that is in opposition of that position. I've never seen a human being. And I've been in con- I, I am in Congress. I've watched hearings for years. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, I was totally taken back. And and talk about the ways in which uh, the congressional context here really changes that kind of exchange. I mean, I think uh, people who are not used to sitting through hearings or or seeing debates on the floor. Um, the extraordinary uh, nature of what Meadows did in terms of the rules of Congress, which you which you alluded to a bit there, uh, also make this this really outsized. I mean, this is just not the way that uh, that things go in 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 that body. And you know, so many people have asked me. You know, the, some very strong supporters of of the president said. How could you sit there and allow a liar to, he's been convicted of lying in Congress. Why would you waste the time to do that? And I really want to speak to that, Stephen. Mm -hmm. Um, He volunteered to come in. We have not had access to someone who has sat beside the president for 10 years. Someone that was 
aware of the deals and the um, actions of the president. And I repeatedly tell people a broken clock is right two times a day. He was never once trying to back away from the fact that he's a convicted criminal right now, that he did things he said that he shouldn't have. As a matter of fact, when Meadows were saying, you know, there is no way a woman who is black and her father's from Alabama could work for Donald Trump if he was a racist. And Meadows, I mean, not Meadows, uh, Cohen responded, neither should have I as a survivor of the Holocaust. I mean, it was, it was quite a conflicted uh, process hmm. because he did give us additional information. He actually produced signed checks to, you know, to collaborate his statement that he was reimbursed for paying off the porn star. He actually named people who were in the room when different activities have been alleged happen. He has truly, and you will see, uh, some additional witnesses brought in as a result of his testimony. Um, and he constantly reminded us that I am a convicted liar but I'm telling you the truth today. And he, you know, it could have been some staging. I really just wanted the information. And he, um, he and he reminded us, I have nothing to lose. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I also wonder what you make of uh Congressman uh, Cummings uh, of Maryland, who's who's the chair of that committee, of his response after uh, Congresswoman Tlaib made some of the same points you did. She was a little more direct in the way she made them. Uh, talk about this culture of um, of uh, uh, rules in the in the House and the way in which members are expected to deal with one another. I thought that was a really interesting moment as well. Because I know that uh, Congressman Cummings was probably also quite offended by what Congressman Meadows did, but as the chair, uh, I think he felt like he had an obligation to to intercede in that in that uh, interaction between uh, uh, Congresswoman Tlaib and, and Congressman Meadows. First of all, everything should be directed through the chair mm-hmm. uh, when we're having. So I can't directly say. Mr. Meadows, you know, what you said, I demand a response, you this, or I can't call him a name. So it's against the House rules. I can talk about what you said. I can talk about whether I agree or disagree with your position. But to call someone a name is not, is against House rules. So you can say, as I did, that I felt what just happened was insulting. I can tell you how I felt about it. I can tell you why I think it's ridiculous, but I cannot say you are, uh, obviously I can't say derogatory terms, like you are someone, and I don't want to say it on the radio, (laughs) but you can't use like labels of a person 
Um, because, like, say, for instance, if someone is saying something totally outlandish, you would respond clearly, the gentleman is not informed. I can't say you're stupid. I can't say you are a jerk. I can't, but I can say it's clear that your statements are not based on facts because here are the facts. So that's the decorum of the floor and the house rules. And when she, and to her credit, she did not call him a racist. But the minute that word came out, he responded and I'm not a racist. And it got into a whole drawn out thing. And Stephen, if I can just, you know, yield back to the wisdom of my grandmother who raised me, <laughs> who, by the way, was from Georgia. So I guess that gives me <laughs> a lot of credibility. Right. <laughs> um, she, um, she informed me that, Brenda, the majority of your life, being a black woman in America, you are going to have to forgive people who are performing racist acts and you're going to have to educate them. She said, because the majority of racism is based on ignorance. Do I don't know what could have been going through Meadows' mind for him to think that that was appropriate or that it would some way be right. I mean, and I hope this is a teachable moment for him. I know for a fact, I think I've taught a lot of people by responding to it. But also, I know Meadows. I don't agree with the majority of his politics. But I do know him to be a man that will engage in conversation when we have disagreements. I have talked to him because we've served on oversight the entire time I've been in Congress. And when he was a chair, if I can, if I can share a moment with you that was very awkward. Mm-hmm. We were discussing um, Planned Parenthood. We were having a hearing, and they were talking about pregnancies. And one of the members who constantly make remarks that would just send you up the wall, he made the comment that those people, which is always the code word, they have babies so that they can get the money for food stamps. And I was sitting next to Meadows, and I literally started standing up because I was going to, oh, my goodness. And I said, because you get $37 a week for food, and literally that is not a profitable transaction to say I'm having a child so I can get $37 a week. Hmm. But beyond all that, I'm going back to that moment. He literally looked me in the eye and said, Brenda, I'm going to handle this. Please let me handle it. If this is horrible, but Brenda, I'm going to handle this. Hmm. Hmm. So- and because he immediately recognized how wrong and how offensive that was. Yeah. Hey, um, uh the the th- that story is is i think remarkable for a, l- a number of reasons this week because 
uh, I think uh, he's being thought of in very different terms for obvious reasons. It's also that, you know, there are some videos that have surfaced since the hearing of him yes. uh, talking about President Obama uh, not maybe being a, a U.S. citizen. I mean, really invoking that racist trope again. Uh, so, so it's important to hear from you about the, this, again, the, the complete kind of profile of, of uh, a person, that, uh, that people are complicated. They sometimes do things that you can agree with, and sometimes they do things that, that really uh, offend you, and that, uh, yeah. that the Congress is no different than, uh, than the rest of the community in that, in that way. Uh, this is uh, Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Representative Brenda Lawrence, a Democrat who represents Michigan's 14th congressional district. We are talking about the hearings this week in Washington in which Michael Cohen, the president's former lawyer and fixer, testified against his former boss, accused him of many different things, including being a racist. Representative Mark Meadows chose to answer that uh, accusation uh, by using Lynn Patton, who works for the Department of Housing and Urban Development, as a prop, uh, brought her out, uh, stood her behind him in the committee room and said, here's a black person uh, who does support President Trump and that that refutes this charge of racism. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us what you think uh, about uh, those exchanges uh, on Capitol Hill this week. Uh, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, uh, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Let's go to Chuck in Franklin. Chuck, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen. Hey. Um, I have a hard question for Representative Lawrence, but before I ask it, I just want to say that I'm really not interested in defending anything about Donald Trump. And I was notably unimpressed with um, Representative Meadows' tactic in what he did. But I just want the audience to be clear on, what, on why it happened, I think, and what could have been done about it with a question for Representative Lawrence. And that is that at 10 p.m. the night before, Cohen's written testimony was released to the committee. And that is what set off the Donald Trump is a racist um, issue. Mm -hmm. And so the Republicans had only that time to try to prepare and respond to it. And that is against the House rules, which say that testimony is supposed to be submitted 24 hours in advance. Right. And I think that Representative Lawrence knows that, and I don't really feel like I need to ask her about that. But with that in mind, that the the Republicans and Representative Meadows were kind of knocked on their heels in terms of preparing for the procedure of the committee hearing. My question to Representative Lawrence is, why not make um, Lynn Patton something that is not a prop? That is, make her a witness, hmm. swear her in, so you're saying put her bring in front her of the back. witness stand, and give her a chance to answer questions, including Representative Lawrence's questions. But I don't think that the Democrats wanted any part of that, and I don't think that Representative Cummings, as the chairman, was going to allow it. Okay. But Representative Lawrence, you could ask for it and make a motion in your committee and bring Lynn Patton back and have her testify, okay. and she won't be a prop anymore. Chuck, Chuck, I think that's a really interesting question. Uh, I appreciate your calling and asking it, uh, uh, Congresswoman. 
why not uh, why not do that as a way of giving Lynn Patton a chance to speak for herself, which I think is a really interesting uh, uh, suggestion given that uh, Congressman Meadows didn't didn't feel like that was what uh, what their side wanted to do. If you notice during that exchange, um, Meadows held up a piece of paper and said it was a statement from Ms. Patton, mm-hmm. and he wanted it introduced into the record. So that is the normal procedure for when you have something that is outside of the witnesses that are being sworn in that's speaking, then you can introduce an article, a newspaper article, you can introduce research. So they did introduce her statement. So now it is part of the record. And there was significant time to have her come. She does not work on the Hill. So she had adequate time to be notified to come and stand behind him. She had no uh, adequate time for her to write a letter and her statement of why she felt Donald Trump was not a racist. However, the comments that she made in addition to the comments that um, Mr. Cohen made, to me, I, I accept them. I accept the fact that she feels that Donald Trump is not a racist. Mm-hmm. But I also have history that is public of the things that the president has said and what Mr. Cohen was using as his reference was the fact that he had made other racist comments. So for me, I accept her statement. It will be part of the record, which it should have been. But I have no need to interview her because she does not, she is not a part of his administration. Right. She does not have the same relationship that Cohen had. So this, I accept her her statement and read it. However, I I see no need to have further discussion well, with Ms. Patton. And even if you did, uh, there are still this this imagery that's in everyone's minds of exactly. Congressman Which Meadows. Totally insulting. Right. Of Congressman Meadows <clears throat> sitting there with her. He, he brought her out so that people could see that she was African-American. Uh, and and in, in so doing, uh, reduced her really to to a prop, and that was that was what the objections uh, were over. Chuck, I appreciate the call and the question, though. Thank All right. you for your call. Chuck. Yeah, yeah. All right, Congresswoman, uh, thanks very much as always for joining us here on Detroit today. Thank you so much for having me. You have a great day. We'll talk with you soon. Okay. Up next, we're going to talk about women and hip-hop. How is that relationship changing? And a little later, we're going to talk about hip-hop and homophobia and whether we're seeing a shift in the culture uh, with regard to that. Uh, Also, don't forget, if you have to miss any of today's show, you don't have to miss out on the conversation. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. You can download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you and listen when you are ready. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Thank you.